0: You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 15 of our show, where we discuss the latest news about all things Apple. We're recording on Thursday, May 7th, 2015. On today's episode, we actually have a special guest interview with Georgia Dow from iMore.com and Jim Young, the principal UX designer at Dell. We're going to get their thoughts on the Apple Watch in the interview. So stay tuned to the end of the episode for that. On today's episode, Daniel is back from Europe and actually went to the Colette store in Paris to see the Apple Watch sales in person. Also, we'll talk about Apple Watch third party design guidelines, rumors of the 12.9 inch iPad Pro, Apple details its new Applebot web crawler and more.
0: Hi, I'm Neil. I'm Shane. I'm Daniel.
1: And I'm Steven. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. We want to kick it off uh, talking about the Apple Watch and uh, Daniel, who's back on the show. Welcome back. Back from some travels over in Europe. And we want to uh, get your thoughts on the Apple Watch. You got to visit Colette, uh, which is a boutique store. It was one of the few that actually had stock of the Apple Watch uh, that people could buy, actually go in person and buy. So uh, go ahead. Why don't you tell us about it?
0: Oh, it was interesting to see a an Apple launch in another country. I've seen a lot of launches in the United States of iPhones and iPad and various devices. Um, also interesting, this is a very different product for Apple. And it's also very constrained and uh, complicated by the fact that there's so many different options. It's so personalized. And so none of the Apple stores, that Apple uh, none of Apple's own stores have any product. They're functioning solely as a fitting a kind of consultation, having people be comfortable with the, the model that they want, the size and the band and, and the model. Mm-hmm. And then they go and order it themselves online. And they have it shipped directly to them. That's not the most ideal thing for people who want one right away. Right. But right now, I think the, the supply is so constrained. And Apple is Apple is incredibly good at inventory management. At minimizing how much inventory they carry. So if you think about uh, how, how they would have to manage this launch for the initial surge of people if they stocked all of their individual retail stores it would be very difficult to manage to have the right products uh, at every store given the fact that they can't make them fast enough.
1: Right.
0: So right now it's it's not what they want to do but it's it's kind of the best way to roll it out. So the only stores that have any inventory are not Apple stores and they're also not the department stores that Apple's working with. Some of the higher end department stores including Selfridges in London and in Paris, the Galleries Lafayette, which both those stores are kind of like a a Bloomingdale's or a Macy's, a high-end retail store that has a lot of fashion brands. And both of them also have a lot of very high-end watches and jewelry. And Apple Watch in both stores in London and in Paris is being sold in sort of a, a a special boutique kind of store within a store experience that is very much aimed at fashion buyers. They're right next to these watches that, um, in Selfridges, they have what they call the Wonder Room. It's not a room, it's a huge area. Uh, And there are certain areas where they sell different brands. And Apple has taken over kind of a a portion that had been revolving different brands in it. And it's now a permanent store for Apple Watch. And it's being sold next to very expensive watches that cost... I mean, I saw one that cost a quarter of a million pounds. That's wow. something like four hundred thousand dollars.
1: So the Apple Watch edition doesn't look so expensive there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not at the high end of of the expensive things. Now, there's yeah. not a line of people waiting to buy this four hundred thousand dollar watch. Right. It's encrusted yeah. with diamonds, and there's not all. There all. There's also not a line of people in either of those stores or Apple's retail stores because there's plenty of opportunity. Um, there was always kind of an open space where you could just walk up and do a fitting. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And there were, I arrived before it did, before it actually went on sale when they were doing pre-orders. And there was, it was quite busy with people looking at it. Um, Some were curious, some were obviously interested in buying it. Uh, But nobody could buy one until what was the launch date? The 24th? The 24th, yeah. And on the twenty fourth, um, the only where place you could get them in the cities that I visited <clears throat> was Colette, which is a fashion boutique retailer, a very small store in uh, right. actually right between Apple's two stores in Paris. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a, a couple blocks to each store. Huh. So um there was a line around the block. Uh and a week later there was still a line when I came by of 70 people waiting early in the morning. So buy a watch. So you have the
1: check out the pictures. Uh, you could definitely see the line there. Were they getting like new shipments every day uh, that people would actually line up and actually get a watch if they came early enough, or are they just hoping they're going to be there when the store opens up?
0: They appeared to be getting inventory. Um, I, I actually talked to the guy about inventory, and he was very cagey about right about the details. However, he was saying that basically people who had lined up were getting what they, the, the model that they wanted. Really? So given the fact that there's very few stores around the planet that have an actual inventory where you can pick one up, um, it Apple is able to have stock in those right. stores. Probably it's, a variety of things.
1: It seems so strange, especially, you know, that video from Angela Rents that came out talking about why they're doing everything online. And you have people like Neil, who has yet to, Get his Apple Watch and who ordered it at 3 a.m. You know, as soon as pre-orders were open, and yet right. this uh, store in Paris is just kind of handing them out, and they seemingly have a variety of models. You know, it doesn't seem to be limited. That's it. Are, know, it's, are it's they strange. selling
3: the sport there as well as uh, as well as the base model?
0: Well this yeah the, I would guess the sport is the base model. I mean the Right. The I'm, lower I'm saying end they're model. selling they're yeah.
3: selling all the models there the lower end as well even though it's a high end fashion place or whatever.
0: Yes, it's not it's not a terribly high end fashion place. I mean they have affordable things. It's it's right. more kind of a, a a place where people go to get fancy new things.
1: Okay. That's yeah. That's So, so they have
0: they have kind of pedestrian products in there. I mean right, right. too. I mean it was it's not that everything is expensive there. It's Right that it's kind of a place where people have lined up to get a lot of things. Um, oh. So they're used to doing that kind of thing. Um, the line was not moving like moving quickly.
2: Colette is like Urban Outfitters crossed with the moment stop,
0: really. <laughs> <laughs> I see. But so, at, uh, like I was standing there and then one person would go in maybe every couple of minutes. It was not a fast moving line hmm. because they were doing like this fitting process and it wasn't just, you know, people running through and grabbing the model right. that they wanted.
1: That's very interesting. And then, so the people actually doing the fitting, I guess they were Colette employees, or I mean, yes,
0: the okay. the people that I talked to were appear to be Colette employees, and that's in contrast to both at Galleries Lafayette and at Selfridges in London. They were those store within a store areas were staffed by Apple Store employees.
1: Did did the Colette employees get some kind of training before the watch went on sale?
0: Oh, I'm sure they did. Yes
1: do you i'm curious i'm i don't know if you asked them but if i don't know if it's training from apple or if it was training from like colette management and they got instructions from apple i mean it seems
0: i, I i'm not sure but i'm sure that apple would would work with any of their partners to make sure that they had things kind of the way they want them to do it right
1: that's it's, it seems bizarre especially how you're describing it now um but, you know, what also broke this week, which is interesting, you know, Apple released uh, design guidelines for third-party watch bands, which we weren't sure if they were actually going to support, um, but they, they have them out there, they have a gui- the guidelines, so any band manufacturer can make, you know, an a, quote-unquote official third-party watch band, and I'd be curious to see if these fashion boutiques like Colette, and even here in America like Tiffany's or other high-end fashion stores would make bands, uh, branded... For them, you know, like a Tiffany & Co. Apple Watch band. And, that, you know, clearly Apple is expecting it and allowing people to do it. So it would be curious to see that.
0: And that's almost certainly part of their made-for-iOS type program mm-hmm. where they're getting a licensing cut on it.
2: Yeah, they're oh. actually selling uh, the lug connectors separately. You can buy them from, just like you can buy a lightning connector, you can buy a watch band lug connector.
0: Hmm. And I've one thing that I thought was kind of strange, um, well, a couple things I observed. One was the frustration of employees working at at um, places like Galleries Lafayette. They were frustrated that they didn't have stock because people are obviously going there wanting to buy it. And um, there's not that much interest if all, all you can do is try it on because you can try it on anywhere. I mean, you can try it on any Apple store. So you don't right. have to go to the store to do it. So those people obviously would like to have inventory sell well
1: oh, yeah i um, also find it strange i i got mine with the milanese loop and after using it for a while i really would like to get a sport band and even you know you can't even go to a store and buy just a sport band uh, you know at the apple store or anywhere else right now and still online it says delivery uh, in may but
3: we yeah it's weird like i'm wondering is there a bottleneck with the producing the bands itself like the colors and stuff because the only one they were offering as part of the developer uh, program to send them out earlier was the Blue Band. Right. And I know people that ordered the Blue Band like up to a couple days before the launch ended up getting it on launch day, right. as opposed to, you know, I ordered one a week before with a pink band for my wife, and it's still scheduled to ship in June. So what's the bottleneck there? Is it because the right. Blue Band is easier to manufacture? I mean, I really don't understand.
1: It is interesting, too. If you look on the Apple Store website, the Blue Band is the only one that says two to four weeks uh, shipping. Every other color sport band is just says May, quote unquote, which is we're in May, so it's kind of strange to be that vague still. Uh, but one of the other articles that went up yesterday on Apple Insider on Wednesday, that's uh, in the Apple Store iOS app, some of the uh, pickup in store options are actually um, appearing as kind of like a grayed out option, which that wasn't uh, you know even a choice at all before. But now uh, you can see in the screenshot we have on the in the article. It says available to ship in July uh, as an option or pickup in-store, available soon at your local Apple store. So it's interesting that they look like that's going to be coming soon, whereas, again, still people who have pre-ordered 3 a.m. On, on pre-order day have not gotten theirs.
3: Yeah, it just seems strange that you have this technological marvel on your wrist and the thing that may be holding it up is the color of the band.
1: Right. And it may be, you know, what happened with the Taptic engine, you know, there were the two uh, factories making the Taptic engine. One factory had a bunch of, you know, not working ones or malfunctioning ones. So they had to scrap all of those and go with just the one factory. And that may have held up production on the Apple, on the actual watch part. But, you know, it could be a thing where one factory is producing the black bands, one factory is producing the blue ones. And I don't know, for some reason, one does it faster or I don't know.
0: Yeah. Just, just the fact that they're selling a product with, all these accessories that are options uh, creates a problem. It's, it's not unique to Apple. Um, DJI has the same issues with, you know, if you buy one of their drones and you break something on it, to get yeah. a replacement part is, has been really difficult, especially when new models came out. You just couldn't find replacement parts anywhere at any cost. Right, And it's just because, it, you know, you think how, how hard is it to make these little plastic fins or whatever, or, you know, a, a case part. It's just this piece of molded plastic. Why can't they... Get stock around the world, but yeah, it's a it's a difficult logistical problem. Right. So the fact that, that it's happening a couple of days, you know, a couple in the first couple of months after launch, um, it's not really that terribly surprising. One yeah. of the things that I thought was kind of interesting was, on one hand, they're they're doing they're making very exclusive parts, like the the gold Milanese loop that they gave to to some fancy people.
1: All right, the gold bracelet.
0: If you even if you're one of those buyers that, that drops $70,000 for the Apple Watch Edition, you cannot buy a gold anything else. In fact, it only comes right. with the classic buckle and the modern buckle right. and the plastic band.
1: Yeah, There's
0: no option to get links or anything else. You can buy them separately. You can't buy it with the, the watch. And if you buy it separately, it doesn't match the same color. So you have a gold watch with right. a stainless steel band yeah that that even even the edges are stainless steel so it's going to look kind of a little bit weird
1: yeah so we'll see what comes with you know third-party bands and if fashion uh, fashion boutiques start making their own bands and you know maybe apple you know when we come to uh, holiday time will release some of those like the gold link bracelet or other style bands that uh, you know we've seen on celebrities and such but not for sale so We'll see what happens there i do want to move along to the uh the ipad pro rumors we had a few articles this week uh, showing uh, some industrial renderings of the supposed 12.9 inch ipad pro back and also images uh, of a of a case that a manufacturer made out of the measurements that they received and uh, also another article again all these will be in show notes that the uh, ipad pro might feature a bluetooth stylus force touch nfc and more and that's, I thought it was also strange that this is these rumors are coming out just when Apple releases a mini site dedicated to the iPad and how the iPad can, quote unquote, change everything in this uh, new promotion. So interesting stuff. We've heard about an iPad Pro with a larger screen for a while now. I have, you know, aside from some maybe commercial use, I, I don't know uh, the kind of consumer reception a, lo- a very large iPad would get. I mean, do any of you have a desire for a 13-inch iPad?
3: I would buy it. Uh, I am not sure that it would, you know, r- kickstart or reinvigorate sales the way that you know some people would like to see iPad kind of uh, get back on top in, in terms of uh, how it's been declining in recent quarters. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like you said, I, I think retail would be a good uh, a good way for them to kind of kick some of the sales up, especially with the partnership with IBM and some of the. Uh, other specialty apps that are being created for businesses and stuff like that. Uh, it was, it was a, one of our sources that reached out to us and gave us some of the information about the new so-called iPad Pro. Uh, it's expected to have like an almost 13-inch screen. Um, and one of the things they said that it would have is an NFC reader in there. Um, and obviously, I don't think that people are going to be using their iPad Pro, their 13-inch yeah. iPad, to pay for Apple Pay at, yeah. at, a, at a store. But uh, you could see it being used in reverse where it could become the all-in-one kiosk that accepts right. uh, mobile payments and stuff like that. Because a lot of iPads currently being used for kiosks. And so to have a bigger one uh, with some more functionality and some more you know input options, uh, that might be something that would uh, get some sales for Apple there. Shane yeah. also had an interesting idea, and we were talking about it the other day when uh, when we got the tip from our source that uh, it might also be a way to have quicker Bluetooth pairing with accessories like this rumored stylus um and also uh maybe you know like future beats headphones or something like that so imagine if you didn't have to go into the settings on your iPad or maybe your future iPhone or whatever and instead an apple branded accessory and maybe even in the future third party accessories could automatically pair if they were trusted devices and stuff like that right. so if they started opening up the nfc uh then there would be a few more opportunities beyond apple pay that could be pretty
1: interesting yeah
2: That's why sure. would you buy a 13 inch ipad
1: Again, like for personal use, I feel like the iPad Air is such a good size. I don't want to hold something bigger. But, you know, for again, for commercial use or businesses, you know, a lot of people use the iPads in like kiosk style, um, like welcome areas or welcome centers or kind of like navigational type things. Like for those use cases, I could see like businesses using it or or again, like point of sale systems, like Neil was saying. But I I don't see personal use being, I don't know.
4: I
3: I mean, I read. Why would I I read? uh, I read digital comics, and (laughs) the nine-point-seven-inch screen is slightly too small, so it has to downsize uh, the the page, so it doesn't fit properly, um, or 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 it's just shrunken down and doesn't look right. So a larger iPad would be better for that, and (laughs) I read a lot on my iPad. So
2: if if you had just told me that, I would have sent you a digital comic reader from Japan. Well. I mean, there's 100 bottles available. You don't need a 13-inch iPad. I mean, I, I completely agree that it's it's better for the enterprise for right. some things. But I just can't see a scenario in which members thing. of the general public are toting around a 13-inch iPad. Right. And Apple but who, who totes it enterprise?
3: around? I mean, my, my iPad never leaves my house unless I throw it in a backpack and take it somewhere else. It's not right. like – my iPad is not something that I use uh, on the train or anything like that. I just bring my phone at that point, so –
1: I mean, maybe if the people who use their iPad as their primary computer and they do it with a keyboard case, then it could almost be like a 13-inch laptop, but... Which right, is, yeah. Uh, and, yeah,
3: and I think that that's going to be part of it, too, because our source told us that it's going to have a USB-C input, and again, the stylus and all that kind of stuff, so I, I think that you can't just think of it as an iPad, I think it's got probably, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see some sort of a keyboard accessory or something like that, I know that this conjures up thoughts of a Microsoft Surface or something, but if Apple could maybe do it in a more elegant way, I could see it right. being a, a more viable laptop replacement for some people. Yeah.
2: So at that point, what is its victory over a MacBook?
0: Well, one of the things that people are using iPads for right now uh, is between <clears throat> there's people in the enterprise that are doing things like you're talking about, uh, doing checklists and monitoring situations, things like that, and um, also point of sale cash register type applications. And in between, one of the most useful and most obvious things for an iPad is sales consultations, especially in sort of a high end situation where you're doing a bo- boutique sale or you're sitting down with a client and showing them houses or, or some kind of product like that where it's a nicer experience than a computer but like what you're talking about with the digital comics the iPad is not big enough for that. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of situations where people are showing um, their they're selling with their iPad and it's it's really good for what it does but it's almost too small to to it's 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 a great size for sitting on the couch but if you're showing if you're sitting at a table and right. showing somebody options and having them, you know, collaboratively tapping on this the screen the full-size iPad is pretty small. Yeah. If you had a bigger device, it's much better for working with another person. So that hits things like education, right. it, uh, right. the sales consultation type things where, where salespeople are bringing a pad around and, and closing deals because they have this very rich experience. And then also there's a lot of applications in, um, in the enterprise where things like healthcare where a doctor is sitting with a patient showing them x-rays, things like that. So there's a lot of applications yeah. for a bigger iPad.
3: Yeah, so, and, and um, so do we- Shane, you asked, you know, what's the advantage over a MacBook? Well, I think one advantage would be uh, you're looking at the most successful and uh, most diverse app store on the planet is on iOS. And so if you were to have something that was a, could do laptop-style functions on an iPad, you have, frankly, more apps available on your iPad than you would on your Mac.
2: I just don't see the consumer appeal. I completely yeah. understand the business appeal. I just don't see the consumer appeal. And Apple is a consumer company, so it is what we're saying here essentially that this is the tablet version of an EMac. It's a tablet design for one use case, except in that case it was education, and here it's business. Or do I, we I see it being.
3: That- I see it being a potential laptop replacement. I see it being for people that like these convertible style devices, and I think that Apple will do something that kind of makes it stand out from the pack and make it a little bit
1: different. And maybe we'll see with iOS nine, you know, at WWDC this year. Maybe they will finally do those, you know, two apps at a time on a screen kind of thing on the iPad Pro. Yeah, if you could get some
3: multitasking on there, stuff like that. You know, a decent keyboard dock. You know, some stylus input. It could be a pretty versatile little machine that's still more portable than a laptop. Right.
1: Well, we'll see what happens there. Last thing I want to cover before we get to uh, the interview with Georgia Dow. The uh, Apple detailed its Applebot web crawler, which is used by Siri and Spotlight. And uh, its existence has kind of been known for a while, but Apple kind of uh, finally admitted it and kind of explained what it's uh, doing, what it's for. And obviously the most interesting aspect of this is, could it be a uh, competition against, obviously, Google search or the other search engines? And uh, Shane, I know you did some uh, investigating as far as... um, The Topsy acquisition, I don't know if you could explain kind of how that fits in here.
2: So the short and long of it is that Apple is building Spotlight into a general purpose web search engine. Um, The team running that project is the team that came from Topsy. We thought, a lot of people thought when they bought Topsy that it was about social search or becoming more socially competent because Apple has completely failed at that throughout its history. Uh, now it looks like what they really care about is the ability, Topsy's ability to index and search through billions and billions and billions of things. Mm.
3: Um,
2: so yeah, I mean, I think it may be in a year or maybe even as soon as this fall, when we see the next OS ten, uh, OS ten weed, hopefully, right. uh, you'll see a sp- <laughs> <Yeah>. spotlight be <the, laughs> sure. you know if you do a spotlight search, it'll be roughly equivalent to googling for whatever you want.
1: Right, and it already and the new spotlight already includes what is it, Wikipedia, and um, there's some other sources kind of it pulls from maybe wolfram alpha as well so mm-hmm. it kind of has cool. a, some of those aspects slowly leaking into it so it'd be interesting and you can you can um do a you can launch a search a web search from spotlights i believe let me try this real quick yeah. here.
3: Yeah, you can do web searches yeah, on you your iPhone, search. your iPad from Spotlight. You can do it on the Mac, too. It right. goes straight to Yelp reviews and offers – it pulls all uh, – movie times. Uh, I think it's like Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes or something. It has reviews right. from them on there. So there's all kinds of data that it's pulling to bypass uh, Google and not have to use them.
1: Yeah, and then they can also push their like iTunes search results <laughs> higher up. I just searched oh. for Avengers Age of Ultron, and, of course, the iTunes uh, album came up <laughs> towards <that>, – <laughs> <So. laughs>
2: Which is potentially a huge problem for Google because iOS account mobile search has already taken overtaken desktop search uh, in terms of volume, and iOS is a huge portion of that. Not to mention that iOS has a generally more affluent user base, which roughly, not exactly, but roughly translates into a better uh, uh, ad rate for Google. Mm -hmm. So if you see a a scenario in which Apple replaces Google with I mean, which is why Google pays so much money to be the default search provider on iOS and still does. And still makes all of their own products available usually on iOS first, even. Yeah. Um, if Apple makes a move that replaces Google with its own in house stuff, then you know, it's a potentially serious blow for Google, especially when they're already fighting Facebook for mobile ad dollars.
1: And it could have been
3: listen- and- They've already removed uh, Google as a default search provider for Siri. I mean, I I right. by default now when I use Siri to search for something, I tell Siri to search Google so I don't end up with Bing results.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would also be interesting. Again, there's the we had lots of articles this week about the uh, Apple streaming music service and um, you know when it might rebrand beats to be at streaming music service. But once that finally launches and is available again, that search could really be, I mean, imagine if you could just search for a song on your iPhone and then just play it, you know, just play the whole song because it interacts with the Apple streaming service plus iTunes. And if you pay for the subscription, then it's just kind of open for you across the deal. So, uh, you know, that could definitely be useful to Apple.
0: And isn't Google's, uh, contract with Apple coming up this year for, I believe it expires. Yeah, I so no, I'm not sure so they either have to come up with a new contract, or Google has to figure out how to <laughs> yeah. woo. I mean, woo right. people back. We
2: don't know. We don't know how much they pay, but they pay. Don't they pay Firefox? They pay Mozilla two hundred and something million dollars a year to be the default search provider. Wow. Mm-hmm. So Firefox. the iOS deal has to be an order of magnitude higher.
0: Yeah,
1: I haven't even looked. I don't even know what Firefox looks like anymore. <laughs> I haven't tried that. Well, we're going to go to the to the special interview with our guests. Uh, but before we go, uh, why don't we, uh, Neil, tell where people can find you on the internet?
3: You can read my stuff at Apple Insider, and I'm on Twitter at This Is Neil.
0: And Daniel, where can people find you? I'm also on Apple Insider, and my Twitter is Daniel Aranian. All right, and Shane,
1: as with everyone else, I am on <laughs> Apple Insider. <laughs> And you can find me there and follow me at Stephen Robles on Twitter. And now we go to the special interview with Georgia Dow and Jim Young. We recorded this Monday, so if you hear us say yesterday and stuff like that, it's actually referring to this past Sunday, May 3rd, and we hope you enjoy this. Well, I'm very excited today to have two special guests with us. Georgia Dow from iMore.com. Georgia, thanks so much for joining us this week.
5: Thank you so much for having me.
1: And Jim Young is also here. He's the principal UX designer at Dell. And Jim, thanks for joining us too.
4: Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Stephen.
1: Awesome. Well, I thought it'd be interesting to the two of you, because George, I know, I think on the last iMore show, you were very positive on the Apple Watch. I know mm-hmm. you said you're <laughs> loving it. So I want to get that perspective. And Jim, being a UX designer, thought it'd be interesting to get your perspective too. But George, I heard your appearance on Twit uh, yesterday, which yes. was a, it was an awesome show. Thank and you. Congrats on being on there. That's very cool. I know.
5: I was so excited.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. That is a... Uh, I think a 10-pole or like you know goal of of uh, many people, but I was surprised I, how... I didn't
5: even see it as a goal. I just figured I would never do it. So was...
1: <laughs> well, well there you <laughs> like, go. Wow. What am I
5: doing here? Yeah.
1: No, it was awesome. You did great on it, and it was an awesome cast. Um I love O on the on the show. He's he's pretty cool. I was surprised how down right. Leo was on the watch. Uh yeah. in general. Like he just straight uh does not like it a- at all. Um but anyways, the, the, there's a couple of specific things I, I think are inter- interesting. And we've talked about it on the Apple Insider the other episodes, and I know you've talked about it on iMore. So anyway, I, so I got the iPhone 6 Plus uh, in the fall. Uh, I wanted the big one. I love it. Uh, it's great. Do you
5: put it in your pocket?
1: Well, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I did before. I, I carried it in my pocket. Uh, I don't wear skinny jeans, so it's easier for me. <laughs> uh, so, but I do. I love the battery life. I love the bigger screen. I loved everything about it. I never had any qualms with it. And then when I got the watch, I I told myself even before it came, I was like, I want to try and not have the phone on me or around me as much. And I have a mod from This Is Ground. It's like an iPad all case and all that kind of stuff. And it has an iPhone pocket in it. So I keep it in there as much as I can. And when I'm home, I put my phone in the bedroom. And I don't even carry it on me.
5: That's great. And, Good yeah, for you.
1: And it's... Well, it's... <laughs> i mean sometimes i still get it and check twitter so you know i'm not perfect but i, I do it on purpose because <laughs> oh, that's
5: horrible you see we expect perfection here <laughs> i know
1: i know i know uh, <laughs> but in doing that uh you know the watch again there's lots of things not great about it you know third-party apps and there's some the things we talk about but as far as being distraction free uh, i feel like it's helped me it's helped me uh, not mm-hmm. be tied to the phone I've been able to keep it you know away and then when i interact with my kids or other, or, you know, just at dinner or whatever, like to not have the phone on me has been good. And, and now the iPhone 6 Plus, I finally feel like, eh, maybe it is kind of big. <laughs> you know, I never thought that before. <laughs> uh, but now I do. So I'm curious if you guys have experienced that as far as has it helped minimize being distracted or being dependent on the phone?
5: Okay, well, I'll give you from my perspective. So yeah. um, my phone actually is never Actually, like, it's on, but it has no beeping, buzzing, ringing. It does nothing. Right. It's It will, you know, show me notifications when I go to my phone. So it's not a huge distraction for me. But when I need to use my phone, you know, having to call someone, having to check something, it's really nice to – because it's in my purse. It's hard to find. I hate opening it. <laughs> and so it's absolutely amazing that, you know, I got an um, alert actually for this podcast – and just to remind me, get ready, and I had the alert, the phone is, is the alarm's going off, and I could turn it off on my watch, and I'm right, like, ah, right. oh, I don't have to find yeah. where my phone is and walk to it, and it beeps and you're stressed out. Amazing. Yeah. Plus, I don't lose, miss phone calls because right. my phone makes no noise, so usually I'll miss every single phone call, but it will, um, the Taptic Engine will alert me and let me know there's a phone call, and I can take a look, and do I want to answer it or not, and I love that. That has freed me up to be able to not, it, it saved me time and stress right. throughout the day, which is, I think, just, it, it just relaxed me.
1: So um, you say your phone doesn't alert you to anything. Like, do you mean, like, so nothing, even like VIP alerts or anything? Like, you have I do not have
5: your... any VIP alerts. I do, it does alert me to alarms.
1: Oh, That's well, it. Yeah. So it's so all the stuff you set. Like, yeah. you, basically, when, whenever someone tries to contact you, nothing really happens.
5: Nothing really happens. Like it's there oh. and I'll, I'll, when I, when I, I'm not, I don't want to be a slave to my phone. Right. So I want like, you know, if I'm at a movie, I'm at the movie, if I'm having right. dinner, I'm having dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, And if it's an emergency, you know, I will get, I have notifications on my watch and it'll tell me if there's a phone call and if there's an alarm, that's it. Yeah. It's all I have that will bug me. Were you? And the rest, it's just me. And wow. this,
1: I try to, that's very good. <laughs> Yes. Um, as, aspirational nice. certainly uh sure. for myself but that's really interesting i'm trying to get over this now so your phone does nothing <laughs> now i'm trying to think maybe i should do this <laughs> do you did you ever find yourself i guess when you do check your phone and you know this is what probably many of us struggle with those of us who care whether or not we're completely involved in our phones like when you go to your phone to actually check something whether it be email or text you feel like you kind of get sucked down into the whirlpool of twitter and then all this other kind of stuff and
5: and does maybe yeah. the watch
1: help relieve that somewhat?
5: It's it's kind of funny. I don't have Twitter on my watch. I, I don't use no. it there. Um, and I, like for messages, I'll just answer the messages and they're quick and easy. Yeah. But yes, for Twitter, I'll get sucked into a Twitter loop because my thought process is that if you've sent me a message on Twitter – and and that's very th- kind and thoughtful for you to do that and takes time out of your your day it is only right for me to reply to you so if i get like you know something big happens or someone something really popular and i get like 60 replies i will reply to every single one of the wow. 60 replies and i get kind of stuck in this like twitter like yeah. like vortex of um you know politesse uh, but I don't mind that. So that's why I only go to Twitter when I have a few moments to be able to do that. And if not, right. you know, I'm just in and out. I, I tweet in like, like you know, every 10 hours. So like I'll re- if you reply, I'll reply to you in like 10 hours. Right, right. <laughs> Which
1: is why well, when I tweeted at you for this. Yeah. I didn't hear back and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have even <laughs> asked or whatever. And then like I got a tweet like it was late, I think. or something. I was like, oh, It's like hours it? after. Oh, uh, uh, maybe it was just a long time after. I was like, "What in the world?" Yeah. So, well, that explains that explains the mystery. Um,
5: right, right.
1: I will say, uh, yeah, Twitter on the watch is not good. Uh, no way. The, but I do uh, want to say, Twitterific is the only way you can tweet from the watch. Um, so I put that on the watch for no notifications or to check the timeline, but to actually dictate tweets uh, in Twitterific, which is pretty cool. So, huh. yeah, just want to throw that because I wanted to tweet uh, the other day and I had my phone in the other room and I'm like, I don't want to get because then the same thing if you go to tweet something, then you're gonna check it a bunch. Uh, right. So I put Twitterific uh, Twitter on the watch, dictated a tweet, and, and I was off. So uh, that's pretty cool, uh, so good on Twitterific for that. And I'm hoping Tweetbot uh, will update for that soon too. Jim, what do, you, I mean, do you find uh, the watch helps you be less distracted or more, or what has been your experience?
4: No, I, I love it. I think it's great because it, it uh, basically takes everything that only takes a few seconds on the phone and kind of pulls it onto my wrist. And uh, so it's it's quick response. There's nothing that you kind of linger doing on the on the watch. And I think that that's, I think it's great. Um, uh, so that convenience is really really great for me. And so being able to just you know acknowledge something that's come through as a notification and then dismiss it, uh, I love that to be able to do it on yeah. the watch. And I too have this uh, iPhone six plus. So I. You know, the larger screen. It's it's in my pocket, or if even if it's not, if it's sitting on the desk, it's great to not have to be so tied to it, or to do, to use it for the things that only take a few seconds, as opposed to a few minutes, right, yeah. to use. And the where the phone can also kind of take suck you in, and you get kind of distracted, you do other things as well, in addition to respond to that notification. Uh, the watch doesn't do that. The watch keeps you kind of isolated to that one thing and then, you know, you you dismiss it or you respond to it and then you're done and you move on. So uh, I think I think in that sense, it does help to kind of uh, minimize the length of the distractions Mm -hmm. uh, um, and and, you know, it makes it a little more manageable um, uh, for for me at least, so yeah. so yeah, I I actually think it, it it's it's great at doing that, uh, and the I've heard it I've heard it said you know the you know while you t- it, you you work on your laptop when you have hours of work to do, you, you you grab your smartphone when you have minutes of stuff to do, and then the the watch kind of fits in this spot, this really great spot where things like glances and notifications only take seconds to do. Yeah,
5: right, right, exactly. I think that that's a great. Um, example of, like, the way to use what the watch is good at and what it is there for. If Precisely. you need to, like, send out, like, like emails and that, you're not going to – you shouldn't be using your watch. No. That's not for, what it's there right. for.
4: Right. Exactly. You know, and I exactly. think that that's
5: why Leo was a little bit more unhappy with it was that, you know, he was wanting to be able – he wants a, a longer interaction with it, which I think that the watch is going to get better at – as we get more third-party applications that have had more time to make better with, right. um, but yeah. I like the fact that it's like quick and easy, and it separates me from my technology. Yeah. Um, so if you want more of your technology, this is just—it's just a conduit, you know. This is like the little tiny shuttlecraft to your your spaceship. If you're going to go into battle, mm-hmm. you're going to take the spaceship. <laughs> this is just the shuttlecraft. Yeah.
1: Like with the iPhone, when we saw it introduced, you know, multi-touch and the accelerometer and technologies like that were exciting when the iPhone first came out. But even just now, like with Research Kit and some of the apps, only now are we seeing some even deeper use cases, like where you can blow into the microphone of your phone and it can, you know, Register what kind of uh, the your asthma like they have the apps for that or uh, even you know with tremors on the touch screen It can it can measure a tremor using multi touch on the phone And I feel like in that sense technologies even eight years ago that were cool But now they're showing like real purpose. I think it's gonna be the same thing with a watch I think it's introducing technologies um, that are cool things like force touch and having a device like this on your wrist all the time It's it has cool features now, but I think again you give it a f- years And it's really going to show some maturity and and show some usefulness. Um, You know, one thing, too, I mean, Apple Pay for me is still magical on the watch. I don't know how often you guys have gotten to do it, but uh, I used it on my 6 Plus, obviously, uh, a lot. But uh, sometimes I found it it didn't work. I pulled my phone away too fast or the the Touch ID wasn't perfect. uh, So I've had to do it again. But like Apple Watch or Apple Pay on the watch is just ridiculous. I mean, and every time I do it, either the people at Walgreens or... Uh, if I go through the drive through or something, they, it, it dumbfounds them every time. Uh, so I feel like something like that is, is pretty cool. And obviously they haven't seen Android Wear doing that because it's like a first time. They say, I've never seen anything like that. So I feel like that's another positive. But
4: Yeah, yeah I think that's a good point, Stephen. Um, and if you couple that with the fact that Um, you know, some 3,500 apps came out with developers who did not have watches to test it on. Um, That's pretty impressive, that alone. And so to think about how the improvements and the optimizations they're gonna be able to make and then leveraging, now that they have the hardware, uh, leveraging that hardware to its full potential, I think there's some really exciting things down the road.
5: Well, you guys are going to make me cry because, um, unfortunately, I'm in Canada and we have no Apple Pay here. Oh,
1: that's right.
5: So I I'm have so been sorry. waiting to be able to use Apple Pay on my watch. Yes. And I, no, I, I forgot not that. able to yet. <laughs> I know so, the same thing with
1: Renee because he doesn't... We, we,
5: have, we have all the NFC chips. We have everything already ready for Apple Pay here. All right. Like I've been able to... I can take my credit card and just tap it and right. be able to pay... So we're already set up, and there's no Apple Pay here at all. Not watch, not (laughs) at all.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. So
5: very sad. I'm very sad. I'm waiting.
1: (laughs) Well, one day it will be a magical experience. (laughs) Well, I'm so
5: happy that you guys are enjoying it so
1: much. (laughs) (laughs) It was cool. It uh, is really cool. And even like uh, (laughs) Joanna Stern in her review of the watch, she said, you know, one of the coolest experiences was she went for a run, left her phone at home. She had Bluetooth headphones, so she was able to listen to her music from the watch. No other devices. On her run, she went to Whole Foods, bought something with her Apple Watch, with Apple Pay, and was able to go back home. And like that just whole thing was very freeing and a cool experience. So,
5: See, I didn't know that you could also use Apple Pay from your watch without your phone yeah. within the uh, 30 feet.
4: Yeah, no, you, actually, huh. you don't even need to have your phone with you, right, Stephen? Right, you can, not
1: at all. It's it's funny I, because I,
5: I, I, I'm even more upset now <laughs> <'Cause> when I, <laughs> because when that's I when so we better stop talking about Apple Pay. Keep Georgia on this <laughs> no,
4: on, on this podcast. It's
5: totally, it's it just makes life so much easier. I hate yeah. having to take out my credit card and find things. So, yeah.
1: well, anyway, mm-hmm. it will work without your phone because when you set up your your watch, your all your Passbook stuff moves over. If you notice, like your Starbucks stuff or whatever, but app no Apple Pay cards are set up even when you pair with your phone and you have to pair each card with the watch separately as you would, as if it were a, a new phone and mm-hmm. the, the watch information is stored on the secure element on the watch. Uh, That's so, correct. Yeah. So the phone can be, you know, across the country and you can still use Apple Pay. So, uh, well, hopefully you get to <laughs> experience that soon. Uh, Georgia, <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah,
5: no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's my hardship. It's my hardship.
1: I think it's also going to be interesting. You know, obviously I don't think a lot of, you know, teenagers and younger people have, Apple Watches just yet, as they just came out. But uh, it was a bizarre experience for me. I went to a, um, a flute convention. My wife plays flute. And um, at this flute convention, it was basically all teenage girls, like between the ages of 12 and, and 17. And I thought I was a pretty techie person. And when I was at this convention, seeing these young ladies use their iPhones and smartphones, it just boggled my mind. Like the speed at which they do things and how they use the devices is Totally different than, than how I do it. And uh, it really took me back. So I'm, I'm going to be real curious how younger age demographics uh, interact with a watch. And maybe digital touch will be more, and like sending heartbeats and stuff like that will be more,
5: uh, I don't Absolutely. know, useful to them. Yeah, right. yeah. I have a
4: feeling that'll take a while because I think that the price points for the watch are just a little bit out of their range and it's going to have to be a really special event or occasion or Christmas or whatever, yeah. you know. A special holiday for them to be able to get it. Um, it's not to say that I don't think they'll they'll want it. Um, you know, I mean, my my daughter when she when I got mine, she was she was kind of peeking over, going, "So what does it do?" And she was yeah, curious yeah, yeah. As th- and played around with it for a little bit. And so she's d- definitely interested in it just because she loves her iPhone. Uh, so I think that halo effect will happen. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think it may be you know some time before you know either whether the price points come down or just, there's just more attainable at, at key times or seasonal times is when they'll be able to get a hold of it.
1: So, Georgia, I know you, you're so up on the watch. So I'm curious, you know, obviously third-party apps and there are other things that could be fixed. Well, what is it that bothers you about the watch that you wish were different right now?
5: There, there are a few things that, that bug me um, about the watch. It is a little bit difficult to interface with Siri. So, yeah. um, like, I'll say, you know, I'll lift up the watch and I'll be like, hey, Siri, you know, call this. And so, like, I think that what the watch doesn't do everything, which is fine with me. But what it does, it should do well. Yeah. And the only way for me to make a phone call if I'm, say, like driving and I, I don't want to use my Bluetooth is to be able to do that. And so I think that that should get a little bit better, how to call up yeah. Siri without having to double press, which you can do as well. But the cool part is me being able to talk to my watch and it just kind of replies. Right. Um, And so I think that that's good. And I think that they have to work on the accuracy of the – here, I'm going to try it – the photoplethismography uh, on the watch so that it's a little bit more accurate, which, again, in time they'll be able to, you know, figure that out so that it's a little bit of a better algorithm. Because if I am working out and, you know, it it says that I wasn't working out, it it does bug
1: me a lot. I was like,
5: no, really, I should get that. (laughs) little achievement where's my little gold five minute achievement
1: (laughs) where's my parade yeah
5: (laughs) i I want that (laughs) i will say and and that kind of puts people like you know you end up getting this negative effect when you interact with something expect something and then don't get it
1: right so one of the when i wrote the review for apple insider one of my biggest pain points was was siri because i was very excited about to use hey siri without having to to start anything you know because it works on the phone when it's plugged into power, but when you have the iPhone 6 Plus, it never happens during the day because uh, yeah. the battery lasts all day. So I was looking forward to that. And that was the one thing, uh, you know, it, it works maybe 60% of the time for me. Right. And it seems like if you're in an app or something, it, it doesn't work. Uh, like the yeah, series has been on the watch it's face. It's
5: something strange. Like, so f- one, for a tip for everyone, if you're trying to use it, you want to first turn on your watch before you say hair series. So you want to lift right. it up, see the... Your you know right. watch face, or if right. you have it onto whatever application is playing, and then you start speaking and say, right. "Hey Siri," um, and you have to then catch it in enough time that it's still on. Right. Well, so that's... because if it turns off in the middle of you saying it, yes. you have to restart as well. Well,
1: and what I did <clears throat> when I first when I was trying to do it first, I would say, "Hey Siri," I would wait for it to give me the haptic feedback, and then I would start talking. But that pause, it would always cut off what I was trying to say. <laughs> and it was very frustrating because yeah. I'm like, yeah. you just told me to speak. Like, you just tapped me. Why did you stop? Uh, yeah. So I found it, it works best. Like, how I noticed how they do it in all the demos. Like, when Kevin Lynch demoed it on stage, you just say, hey, Siri, and you just talk. Like, you don't even, I don't even don't pause. pause. I don't right. even pause anymore. And it, it doesn't even, Siri hadn't, it hasn't even come up yet, but I'm telling it yeah. what to do. Yeah. And somehow it catches up. Catch yeah, but it
5: makes me feel worried, though, because I'm always worried that here yeah. I am talking. <laughs> and, and no, I, no like, one's listening to, to you. Me. You know, <laughs> yeah. I like to know that Siri's, like, listening. <laughs> it's yeah, almost yeah, like yeah. having yeah. a conversation here. with someone. They're like, are you listening to me? Is there a deeper issue in
1: Georgia? No, I'm just
5: you going to do this for me or
1: not? <laughs> yeah, and, well, and, and that's why I love, you know, I see well at least Siri on the phone, especially when you want to send a message, it'll say, are you ready to send? Uh, or it'll, you know, it could read it back to you if you needed to. And that's something, I, I, I missed that on the watch, uh, you know, because just to send a message, you still can't do it with only voice. You do have to tap the screen to send it. Um, yes. And you can't go back or anything. So the Siri was my biggest pain point, I think because I was most looking forward to it uh, on the phone.
5: Plus but, it's one of the main ways in which you interface with the watch.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. and especially like trying to tap an app, like on the app home screen, if you have a ton of them, <laughs> can be a pain. But yeah. Siri can launch them really well. So a lot of times I'll say, hey, Siri, launch Overcast. And it goes right to it. And that's... You see,
5: but I forget the names of my applications. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. And I did, right? I... Like,
5: I understand some of them, you know you know just what they are, like launch Shazam or something. But right. some of them I'm like, I don't, I'm like, you know, what do I call that one? I don't right, know. Right,
1: right. And I'm, I was, uh, I used Pocket Cast uh, as an app, but I've been using Overcast because the only one with a watch app. So right. for the first couple of times, I would say, Siri, launch Pocket Cast, and it wouldn't do anything. i get mad at it, <laughs> but it's because it's, it's not on the watch. Uh, so I think these work. I also think, you know, the glances, uh, some of them are pretty useful, but uh, Jim, I Which love Which are the ones
5: that you find useful?
1: Exactly. <laughs> so I love, uh, you know, I almost find them more useful as shortcuts to the apps that I want to use. Because um, like the dark, I love the Dark Sky app. On the watch. So I would almost use the glance as a shortcut to get to it because you can just tap the glance and launch it. Um, because the glance itself would take a while to load and it wouldn't be useful, but it's useful as a shortcut. Um, and, it, and Jim, being a UX designer, I was curious if you had any thoughts on this, but I find like I have some glances here. Like I have a CNN uh, headline app. I have my calendar glance. So I see my next event. And uh, again, some of them are nice, but like to navigate it, if you're on the far right glance and you want to get all the way to the left, yeah. you look like a crazy person just like frantically waving your hand on the watch uh, trying mm. to scroll through them all. So I I feel like, uh, one, yes, they could be improved, but two, there needs to be a better way to actually access them quickly or, or, or shuffle through them quickly. Because like the, the notification center on the iPhone, when you have widgets, you know, you have a big screen, you can see multiple widgets at a time. It's not that much work to scroll up and down through your widgets, but for the glances, it can be kind Of a pain in the neck,
4: yeah, 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 I, I agree. I, 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 um, I limit my glances to just five screens, so um, I yeah. told myself after using it for the first couple of weeks, or no, it hasn't been a couple of weeks, first you know, you know, five or six days. Uh, I decided, you know what, this is not helpful for me to go to the bottom, you know, sw- swipe up and having to go, okay, is it the seventh one, eighth one, tenth one? I mean, yeah. and having to swipe back and forth to find it. So I decided, you know what, four or five, maybe max. Six, you know, glances that I kind of in, have over time keep them the same order and then I'll I'll know where they are and not to have more than that. So yeah. I don't I don't um I my tendency right now and this may change is not to place. um Uh, A lot of apps down there as far as glances are concerned, but access the apps themselves if I want um, the information Mm -hmm. and then just keeping the bare minimum of of being able to, you know, uh, put my watch to to sleep or to, um, you know, to not disturb or um, I do have the move rather the uh, activity rings on there. Um, and then and then controls to my to my to the music if I have a podcast uh, right. playing on it. So right. I just limit it to those few things so that uh, it's manageable to me. Yeah,
5: yeah. That's that's actually talking about like like playing things off of your watch. That's the one thing that I was uh, quite disappointed. in. I had expected that I would be able to like stream the music from my phone and have it play on my watch. Um, like I, th- I assumed that I had to be within range because it's actually going to be stored upon my phone. Right. But just like listening to a phone call and I can hear it on my watch, I thought that I could do that with music as well. Um, and I was sad when I'm like, oh, great, I'm going to play some music. And I'm like, wait, but it's not coming through the cruddy watch, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's s- not.
5: S- system. I'm like, why is that not – that yeah. cannot happen. i like, I want it to stream.
1: My son was uh, playing with it and he hit the now playing play button and my phone was like in the other room, <laughs> and it started talking because a podcast right. was was on there. I was like, "What in the world?" And right. I, you know, I didn't realize. So it's right. That is so a little bizarre. You have bizarre. to use
5: your headphones if you want some Bluetooth headphones, and then it will play right. on the headphones. But right. correct.
1: correct. And I yeah. guess
5: how often would you want it to play on your watch? I just I do. I don't know.
1: It's just it's a, it's a weird like it's a degree of removal from like you're pressing play on the watch and it's playing something else. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I I I totally get that. I also, I was listening to you again on a twit and I thought it was funny how you do not like the Mickey uh, clock face. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I do not, I don't either. I do not you either. You don't
5: either? Is no. not alone?
1: <laughs> because it was like every Apple person was paid to say they liked the Mickey watch face. I mean, Kevin Lynch said it and everything. And I think Tim Cook said it. And I'm like, y- y- listen, you don't all like it. <laughs> one, one of you is lying. <laughs> you don't all like the Mickey watch face. Uh, so yeah. I, I totally get that. But someone yesterday asked me like, hey, have you tried the Mickey watch face? I was like, no, but I'll, let me try it. I'll show you. And it was like 4 p.m., like 4.40 or something like that. And when I went to the Mickey watch face, it was just a garble of limbs. Like his two arms were down by his feet <laughs> and you can't see anything. You can't see what numbers they're pointing to. And I was like, "This is the t- most worst watch ever. It just it blocks the entire view of the numbers." So, I- I'm with you, George. I don't, I don't get the, the Mickey watch face.
5: Yeah, he's he's just not. He it's just not, not my thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, he, I guess he's he's. I guess he's cute. I don't know.
4: No, he's not even cute. I, my watch, my watch. I'm sorry. My wife lo- likes the Mickey watch face, and I'm uh, sorry. Uh, but that, but there's all there's there's one reason why she loves Disney. So, yeah, yeah. She, she, you know, she she would work, you know, she would retire and work at Disney if she could. And uh, so I think that that affinity to Disney just, you know, gives her, you know, reason to to like the watch face. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you both. I I I don't find it. I mean, I'm more a little more utilitarian as far as I want to see additional information, too. And so some of the other watch faces just seem to lend themselves a little better to the way I want to see things. Um yeah. And uh, I mean, it's cute. It's uh, it's something to I guess show off for a moment, but not to yeah. have as my per- my my uh, permanent watch face. And when
1: when yeah, I discovered which
5: watch faces, do you each use?
1: Right, that was, that was my next question. I I do like <laughs> the fact that you can delete clock faces totally. It's like the Mickey doesn't even show up when I try to really? choose a watch face. You can really, really, s- you can swipe up and oh. delete them. So <laughs> ah. I mean, you can literally swipe and delete all the ones that are stock and just have your customized ones, which I've done. So that that's nice when you want to switch to just the ones that you like. I liked the motion for a while, uh, just the jellyfish because it looked pretty. Um,
5: I did. I did have the jellyfish for a little while yeah. as well.
1: And I liked the uh, the astronomy with the globe. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that looks very really good. Cool. So I use those when uh, I'm not needing a lot of information. Um, I like the u- the utility a lot. Um, basically, just the hands and the dashes. But uh, I work in the travel industry, so it's nice having a world clock, so I can have Middle Eastern time on there. Mm -hmm. And um, I have my next event. So I like the utility most of the time. And uh, when I have a lot of events during a day, I like the modular to have the next event big in the middle of the screen. Um,
5: Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing I like. I like the utility because of that, because you can have, you know, what is your next thing that's on your list right on your wrist. So you're not going to forget it. Right. Um, Yeah. I I, I, I agree with you on that.
1: I also like, um, I was dressed up a little bit the other day and um, I went with the, Simple clock face, and I stripped everything off of it, and it just has the hands, and they're white. So when I lift my Ooh. watch, it's, it stayed as a completely black face with just the second, minute, and hour hand in white. And I thought that was pretty, pretty
5: cool. So it looks really stylish, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Looks very so, chic. I just wouldn't know what time it was all the time.
1: Yeah, neither did I. I didn't care. I was. I just wanted <laughs> to look it cool. Is it seven?
5: Is it eight? I don't know. It could yeah, be so- somewhere.
1: Something. Yeah. I I, know, I don't know how to tell time. I guess. Um, but Jim, what do you like to use?
4: Oh my gosh, Stephen! I don't, I don't know. I have much to offer here because it's exactly what you said is almost exactly how I, <laughs> okay. how I, uh, how I use my watch. So I love utility. That's probably where I'm, uh, I'm at about you know seventy percent of the time. Yeah. I'll switch over to modular if I want to see what's next right up front. Um, usually when I'm working, um, those are the two I use. And then if yeah. I'm if it's casual, I'm going out and about. I might switch over to like the jellyfish, or I might switch over to, yeah. um, um, the uh, the globe one or right. the astronomy one. But yeah. Um, yeah, very similar use cases yeah. uh, as far as I'm concerned uh, with what you do.
1: I was a little disappointed in myself. I thought I would love to be able to use the analog clock faces more often, and I just can't tell the time quick enough for my tastes. Like, huh, when I, when I want to when I want, yeah. because yeah. I, I was not a watch wearer well, I thank previously. You. That's
5: why you have the watch to think for you.
1: Oh, they. Yeah. <laughs> very true.
5: No, it's I calculate.
1: Right, right. And it's, I was not a watch wearer previously. So I just had I was not been used to uh, you know seeing analog, you know hands, so uh, so I like seeing the digital ones when I just really need to get things done I guess you know. But, wow, uh,
4: that's interesting. Yeah, I did grow up with watches, so I I I do I can kind of read them relatively quickly, but uh, yeah, right. and so I do prefer them because just from growing up, I just right. you know love some of the you know analog watches that I've had and um, Cartier and some other ones, but uh, uh, so. I like them. I, yeah, I yeah, prefer yeah. that, and that's the one I, I have the most. And then I'll switch over to the kind of straightforward utility one when uh, – when, uh, or sorry, not utility, but the modular one yeah. uh, when I just want the data in front of me. Yeah. So, well, Georgia, how about you? What do you keep it on?
5: So I started off, I was really excited with the butterflies. <laughs> okay.
1: okay. <laughs> said, it's, it's, a, it's, it's very cool. cool. I was
5: so excited. you going to have a butterfly. It's going to flutter. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was upset that every time you raise your hand, it's a different butterfly. Which it was cool and sad at the same time. You want I was like, a consistency. I don't like this butterfly. I'm yeah. going to lower my hand and raise it again so I get this <laughs> butterfly that I want. Um, and so I was with the butterfly at first. And then I went to the jellyfish. I mm-hmm. tried the flowers for a little while. They didn't interest me. The jellyfish were kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and now I was on the utility at first, but I could not change the colors to what I wanted it to be. <laughs> yeah. And not, so now, yeah, yeah it's just...
1: You're limited. Oh,
4: it's just the second hand, right, that you can change the color on, I believe, on the utility one? And the
1: date number. So what are you on now?
5: So now I'm using color. So I end up getting to choose four different um, accessories to that, things that are going to be on the watch face as well. Yeah,
4: yeah. So I have,
5: like, the battery life of my phone, temperature, uh, a time in another location, my activity monitor, and a stopwatch, which is great because you can click on all of those and they open the applications. So that's just my quick open the application that I may need to want to open anyways without right. having to find it on my watch or use Siri.
1: Yeah. And On the, uh, I think the latest talk show Goober was talking about, it'd be nice if when there's like, if you have an event complication or if you have a timer complication on the watch, when it's just showing zeros or when there's no event, like it would either just disappear or say something else. Cause like some will just say no events. And it's like, well, I don't, it's kind of ugly to have on a clock face to just say right. no, no events. Right. So I wish right. You... And
5: you might not want anyone to know that you're not busy because, you know, they'd be, <laughs> right, you'd be like, do you want to go out? And you'd be like, <laughs> no, I don't want to. they're like, but there's no event on your watch. Like, oh,
1: <laughs> exactly.
5: I totally. It's I just didn't mark it down. <laughs>
1: instant uh, accountability. Yeah. Yeah,
5: yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> and thing with the motion one, too, I had it on the jellyfish for a while and I, I wanted to show people. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, check this out. And, but when I would pull my watch up, like, it would take so long for the jellyfish to appear yeah. and uh, to because float they're around. Dis- like,
5: they are hiding.
1: Yeah, they would get disinterested, and they'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, So yeah. no, it's cool. So, yeah.
5: yeah. <laughs> to, so butterfly, they appear almost immediately.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't, I, I don't know, I felt funny. with <laughs> a butterfly on my wrist. Um, my kids <laughs> like to uh, do, uh, rotate the globe and stuff with the, um, with the uh, digital crown, though, on the astronomy one.
5: Is it, is, am I the only one that tried to zoom in?
1: I tried to zoom in. Because I'm it like, shows your location, so it looks like a map. Yeah, you know, I'm like, like let's like,
5: get closer. I was all, that was like, yeah. if, if I could zoom in onto the globe, that would yeah. be it for me.
1: There have been a couple times where I try to zoom in on something and noth- and it just doesn't. Like, okay, I expect I it watch to. Yeah, like, nope. Right, and like, <laughs> well, even when, yeah, when you're on like the app screen, I was hoping you could zoom in farther so all the app things are bigger, but it eventually just launches an app if you just yeah. keep zooming in. And I'm like, well, I, I just want them all bigger. Like, I don't care if I have to scroll more, I just want them bigger so I can see them better, but. yeah so anyway all right well georgia thank you so much uh for joining us where can people find you if they want more
5: uh you can find me on imore.com um and also um you can find me on twitter it's at georgia underscore dow
4: very
1: cool and jim where can uh, people find you
4: i'm on twitter as well uh uh, jim young and they can reach me there and um communicate that way
1: all right well thank you guys so much